Podcast Studios. This, this is the award-winning After 9 with Scott and Kat. Powered by Tony Johal, broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed or he'll buy it. Hey now! Here we give her. Here we give her. Here we give her. Welcome to another episode of After 9. Happy Hump Day. These short work weeks are fantastic. Uh, Today, we're going to talk about a number of different things. My daughter has now arrived at my place. And she did bring her boyfriend. Mm -hmm. And and meeting him, I... I think I handled it okay, but I'll I'll get your opinion on that. That's coming up. But first, there's so many things happening today, Kat. It's an incredibly busy day. So busy. And we like to cover the top trending stories every day here in After 9. So let's start off with the sad news, which is no doubt going to dominate headlines across North America. Police officer shot to death last night while dealing with a suspect. The suspect also got shot to death. Now, a second police officer had also been shot. They took him by ambulance to a local hospital, and I believe that was in Newmarket, and then they airlifted him from that hospital to Toronto. That officer has now died as well. Mm. So now we've got two dead cops shot to death by a suspect, and again, we get a grim reminder of how dangerous policing is. It really is, Every single time they go to a call, they could be walking into a situation like that, and you never know when that call is going to be your last Mm -hmm. one. God damn, do I ever feel so sad for family members of these police officers. The officers themselves who have to look around and see two empty stalls, two empty desks, two of their colleagues that were gunned down in the line of duty. It doesn't happen very often, but holy shit, when it does, does it ever put an an exclamation mark behind that statement? Mm -hmm. Policing is dangerous work. And and so grateful and so thankful for them. I mean, anytime I hear a story like that, I feel for the families that are involved, but I'm also like, thank goodness there's people that are brave enough to go into those situations that you mentioned. Yeah. I don't know if I could be brave enough to do it. I don't know if I could. Another thing that I learned yesterday when I was preparing for today's After 9 and our FM morning show earlier today, uh, that is on in Kitchener-Waterloo. And the Kitchener-Waterloo Food Bank does a big food drive around Thanksgiving and they collect donations at the Thanksgiving Parade, which is also the Oktoberfest mm-hmm. Parade. Yeah, it's a great little deal. You, you show up with your canned goods. If you want to donate money, you can bring monetary donations and then they collect it along the route. This year, 29,241 meals were generated as a result of the donations of the people at the parade. That's huge. It's a new record, 29,241. And when I was reading that news, I thought, oh, fuck, that's great. The economy's terrible, but people are still digging deep to give to those who are less fortunate. Even if you don't have a ton, you're still giving to those who have Mm -hmm. less than you do. And I thought, real happy, feel-good story. Then I got to the bottom paragraph in this press release. The food bank says there are now 34,000 people in the community that need food assistance. One food bank just for Waterloo Region, 34,000 regular visitors. What in the actual hell is going on and, here, Kat? That's insanity. And that's not even everybody who is in need of it. There's all other hampers and helping uh, and assistance outside of that. There's also the separate Cambridge Food Bank that also assists many families there. Just in this region alone is what we're talking about here. But there's so many other um, helpers. Uh, there's a fridge programs and all these things where you can donate and help families. And they're constantly in need of more they're constantly asking for more because more and more families and i see it i mean i see it on the facebook pages that i that i'm at that i join 
people asking for help, like just not sure what to do. And especially when it comes time, like a Thanksgiving, when you're like, okay, everyone's talking about what, what a lovely meal they're preparing for the family. And we can't do that. So, it, you know, anytime, anytime you can't provide for your family is a terrible time. But then especially when it's so widely talked about and people are talking about all the food that they're going to eat, like what a terrible feeling it is to have to know that you can't provide that for your family. So I'm so glad that that assistance is in place, but we need more and more. There's a lot of people that couldn't necessarily afford that big dinner that they had on the weekend, no. but they still put it on anyway in the name of tradition. There's also people out there it never occurred to them that they too could go to a food bank if they need to. They think, oh, no, 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 that, that's for poor people. We have a home. But when you're looking at the money coming in and the money going out and realizing by the time we pay out everything we have to pay out, we actually don't have enough for food. There's people that are coming to that realization every day that mm -hmm. they need help. And for them, that's very strange because they probably never envisioned themselves needing to go to a food bank. And they probably never imagined being in a situation where they just can't afford to eat. But there's a lot of people that are in that situation, and this underscores it. 34,000 people getting food assistance from the food bank. That's one food bank trying to provide for 34K. If you can help, please do, mm -hmm. because the need has never been greater. I was watching uh, an interview last night with President Joe Biden, and one of the questions he got asked was, do you think there will be a recession? And he actually said, no, nah, I don't think so. You know, if there is one, it'll just be a little one. We're already in a recession. They're in a recession. We're in a recession. We're in one. You can't see 34,000 people needing food bank assistance from one food bank and deny that we're in a recession. Yeah. You might need your magical numbers to all hit a certain amount or certain mathematics to add up for you to actually say it's a recession if that's what you want to do. But we all see it. It is absolutely happening. The regular person on the street knows yeah. we're in a recession. The people who won't admit it, People like Joe Biden, people like Justin Trudeau, people like uh, Tiff Macklem, that fucker at the Bank of Canada. <laughs> they don't see it because they're so disconnected from reality that they don't understand what's going on in the ground. Or they do and they don't care. So they get all these numbers to try and justify what they're doing because they want to keep raising interest rates. And, and the one that I thought was particularly ridiculous was um, part of the reason that the U.S. and in Canada are about to go ahead with an October interest rate hike is because the jobs are so great. Oh, the, the unemployment rate has never been so low. If they're actually making decisions for all of us based on the unemployment rate, we're in big trouble because that's not even close to accurate. They actually add up help wanted ads to determine what the unemployment rate is. Mm -hmm. They actually do that. There's also people who are still making money staying home. There's also people who have decided they're not going back to work we had a lot of people decide, I'm no longer in the workforce. Consider me retired. Consider me a stay-at-home parent, all that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. You can't go by the jobs numbers and say, well, unemployment's low because a lot of the jobs aren't paying the bills anyway. It means nothing. But they rely on shit like this, then they raise everybody's rates, and then they're going to wonder, well, how did we end up in a recession? You guys are just blind. We're telling you now, and we have been for a long time, we're in a recession. It's going to get much, much, much worse. And it's all because our leadership just refuses to acknowledge what's happening on the ground. Speaking of refusing to acknowledge what's actually happening around them, Hockey Canada's board and top executives are out after a series of scandals, including the revelation that the organization used player registration fees to settle lawsuits. Hmm. This is my favorite part of the story. Hockey Canada says the outgoing board recognized the urgent need for new leadership and new perspective 
in stepping down. Was it all the people Urgent. who? The, yeah, was it all the people that got a little a little upset? Is that like that's how I feel like it would come out? Oh, you know, some people are a little upset. No, you get your ass out. Like, get your ass out. You're late, by Re- the way, on that. You're quite late on doing that. Months overdue. Yeah. They needed to see those sponsors leaving. And yeah. even as they started leaving last week, the executives still didn't step down. I watched that, uh, the girl who took over as the interim chair and mm-hmm. who has now stepped down herself. I think her name is Skinner. You'll know her. Yeah, I know it. I know who you're talking about. Yep. So she actually, when she was testifying in front of the House of Commons Committee last week, actually suggested that, well, you know, this executive is doing the hard work. This is what's allowing young kids to keep playing hockey. And if we just replace the whole executive all at once, we can't promise that the lights are going to stay on at your local arena. Get the hell out of here. That's laughable. 99% of all of the minor sports organization that gets done, gets done at the local level by volunteers. Nobody is looking to Hockey Canada to book ice time for the minor Adam yeah. Waterloo team. Nobody is doing that Pretty sure at Hockey Canada. They're also not going door to door asking for donations or doing fundraisers or all those other things that you see those people on in the local level doing. They're executives who like to roll with the elite hockey players of the country and they get to do a lot of traveling and they get some beautiful stipends and they get some expense accounts and all sorts of shit yeah. that's all paid for by the families that registered their kid in hockey. If you signed your kid up for hockey, a portion of those fees went to Hockey Canada. What did Hockey Canada do with those fees? Well, in part, they created a slush fund that they can pay off hush money to people who have been sexually assaulted or claim they've been sexually assaulted by hockey players. What, what part of that seemed okay to anybody who is involved in it? Or did they figure like this is so buried, no one's ever going to know? Or did they think more so, well, we're too deep in it now to go back because we're enjoying all these perks? Any number of those reasons, I guess, why. Well, I mean, as I think about it, and I've been the commissioner of various sports leagues, and and I know that there's an accountability factor to your membership, absolutely, but also to uh, the game and making sure that the game continues to play. In their case, they were accused of something that if it had gone to court, if there was a lawsuit, maybe they would have got sued for millions. To them, maybe it's the path of least resistance to say, By the time we pay legal fees, by the time we pay out an inevitable settlement and our players go through it and Mm -hmm. the victim's already been through it and we re-traumatize people, tell you what, save you the hassle. We'll give you, say, half a million dollars, half a million bucks. Don't go through with the lawsuit. We'll consider this over. And the only criteria is after we settle this, you're not going to talk about it publicly. Right. I actually don't have a problem as long as both parties agree. Uh, The victim got paid. And they agreed in exchange for that payment that they wouldn't say anything. It's a non-disclosure agreement. You can't talk about the terms of the agreement. If they didn't feel comfortable with those terms, they could have very well carried on and gone through the process and sued and maybe got a lot more. So I don't necessarily have a problem with the settlement. I'm not looking at this from a systemic problem in hockey because I don't think that en masse there's the promotion of sexual assault in hockey arenas. They don't teach that at practice. That's not what happened here. But they've ended up in a situation where some players made bad choices and there were victims here. Let's be clear about that. And the victims agreed to take a certain amount of money in exchange for not pursuing it. You could make a case that it was smart business to pay off a lump sum now to avoid having to pay out millions down the line, Mm -hmm. plus legal fees. You could make that case. 
But the fact that they hid it, the fact that they were so evasive about it, the fact that they didn't tell anybody that when you sign your kid up for hockey in in Guelph or in Mississauga or in the GTHL or or whatever, that a portion of your fees are paying off people who have been gang sexually assaulted just the principle of it like just all all in all like that how does that sit well with anybody you know they're not the only ones though i have to think other sports have got similar slush funds and i'm sure all of them are getting a little hot under the collar right now thinking how much is this gonna go are they just gonna invite now that the hockey canada executives are gone are they just going to leave it and assume the problem's fixed? Or are they going to start looking into other sports governing bodies? Are they going to start asking Soccer Canada? Do you guys have a slush Are you fund? guys good? Or, yeah. Uh, basketball yeah. Canada. Are you guys using member fees to settle lawsuits? Yeah. Or what are you doing here? There's a lot more questions to be asked. The fact that the executive at Hockey Canada took until yesterday to step down is... It's just shocking, Kat. I mean, I can't believe that that actually happened. The prime minister of a G7 country, Justin Trudeau, was actually taunting them on the news and musing that we could probably replace them with a lot of different people. It's shocking that after the PM said that, they still stayed on. But now they're gone. By December, a new board will be elected, and we'll see where they go from here. I just hope that the sponsorship money that all got lost isn't lost forever. Yeah, that's I, the thing because I think that it probably did go to a lot of good places, right? It's not like this was like all for evil. There's the money being used for good and it is Hockey Canada. There's, we're talking about a big organization, not a tiny one. Let's talk about the uh, gig economy for a second here because yesterday, big companies like Lyft and Uber, their stock just got rocked because of a ruling, sorry, it wasn't a ruling, it was an opinion from the U.S. Department of Labor. They published a proposal on how workers who drive for Uber and Lyft Mm -hmm. should be classified. Right now, they're considered independent contractors. You can sign up, you can work whatever hours you want. While you're out there, you just got to follow the rules and hey, we'll just keep sending you money for driving people around. We keep a little cut because we booked it or it's our service, it's our app. But if you want to work, sure, go ahead. That would be a private contractor. We don't take deductions off your money. We also, in turn, though, don't offer you the same benefits that an employee would have. So that's the background on it. The department says thousands of these workers that are driving for Lyft and Uber and companies like that have been incorrectly labeled as contractors. They should be labeled as employees. They say misclassifying a worker as an independent contractor denies workers protections under federal labor standards. It promotes wage theft, allows certain employees to gain an unfair advantage, and overall hurts the economy. Hmm. There's a lot in those four things. Hurts the economy? I tend to think that they think there's people who are making money and not paying tax on it. No, I mean, that's always going to be the case, though. But that is the case. Hey, I've been an independent contractor at times, and I can tell you, it's not the boogeyman in the closet that that some groups want you to fear it is. As an independent contractor, if if I invoiced the company I was working for, say, $5,000, I'd get a check for $5,000. Now, I was responsible for paying my own taxes on that, but that also comes with the ability to write off more than a standard employee would. There aren't, it isn't all doom and gloom. There, it isn't all disadvantage to being considered a private contractor. In this case, I'm really not sure how they make the case that they're employees. Employees can't set their own hours, work when they feel like it. It, it doesn't work like that. 
basic rules right. that you have to follow, right. but it's not like there's a boss that's, you walk into a central building every day and, and, and a exactly. suit comes out and gives you your marching orders for mm -hmm. that day. That's not how this it's works. It's more freelance style. This is the way it is. You do it on your time. You figure it out how much you want to do or how little you want to do. Exactly. Hey, you want to make a few extra bucks because gas is going up again this weekend? No problem. Pick up a couple of calls from DoorDash or from Uber Eats. A lot of people do it. Pick up a, a, do you drive by the airport every day? Hey, why not turn it on? Maybe you can drop somebody off at the mm -hmm. airport on your own way to work anyway and get paid for that drive. There's more people shopping for Instacart right now in the stores, I think, than people shopping for their own food. Instacart's another great example. Yeah. It seems like a stretch to me to now argue that they're actually employees and not private contractors. To me, this is the definition of what a private contractor does. You're using your own car. You're using your own gas. You're, you're, uh, you're deciding how, when you want to work and it, how long. And it, exactly. You have a lot of freedom. That comes with a lot of freedom of not being an employee comes with a lot of freedom. But there are those who are driving that are saying they're driving 40, 50, 60 hours a week sure. and they should be getting overtime rates yeah. and stuff like that. Again, though, you determine how much you want to drive. I'm also conscious of the fact that you can't really enforce the 40 hour week because there's so many different options with different companies. You could do 40 hours with Uber and do 40 hours with Lyft, and do 40 hours with Instacart, and the list goes on and on and on. So I, I think that they're actually a little off base on this, and I don't think it's cut and dried. I have to think a challenge to this is coming soon. But investors are like, what the fuck? If these people are, if these tens of thousands of people that are out there driving and delivering for us are now all of a sudden our employees and not private contractors, you've got to do things like put together benefits packages. You've got to offer wages on a, a defined federal scale. You've got to do all sorts of stuff that you don't have to do when you're dealing with a private contractor. If my dishwasher breaks today, it'll be a private contractor that comes over to fix it. And I'm going to pay him for his time and, and the parts that he orders and stuff like that. Cause that's his business. Mm -hmm. I went to an osteopath yesterday. That's his business. I just pay him my, my 75 bucks. And I don't know what the fuck he does with it after that, but his taxes are not my problem. He's an independent contractor. I have to think that that's what these drivers are, but there seems to be a big push now to try and make them something they're not. And I don't understand why, unless it is purely driven by tax revenue. NASA says the DART spacecraft was an overwhelming success, Cat. Hooray! I was so into this. I watched <laughs> the live stream. Yes. We launched from Earth two probes. One of them, was on a suicide mission to crash into a rock. Another one, tailing behind uh, several hundred miles, was just there to film the impact. Cool. We just, thought of just everything. Just the camera thing. We just didn't know if it would actually change the trajectory. First step was, can we get it up there? And can we actually hit an asteroid that's moving at like 10,000 kilometers a second? Yeah. Bullseye. We did it. Boom, we hit motherfucker. It, but boom is right. And then we were just waiting on the news as to whether or not we actually changed the orbit of that. And that's where the news comes in that, yeah, all signs point to we did. Now, at this point, they know that. But there's still more to find out, right, as to how much and... Um, and how quickly they can change it based on the speed that it was traveling and everything else, right? Like, we're, they're still going to continue to trail this thing. Yeah. I mean, when, when we say we moved it, this was a very small probe. Like, it was the size of a, it was smaller than a car. 
If I took a car and drove it into Blue Mountain, that mountain would not move. <laughs> the mountain wins. The mountain's Your car loses. Win it every time, Cat. You're absolutely right. However, in this case, that dart thing was moving at thousands of kilometers a second in space. And I guess it hit it hard enough that it just sort of jarred it or made it wobble. So did we change the trajectory? Not drastic, Not drastically, right? Slightly. Yeah, yeah. It was enough, though, that it moved. And if it moved, that means it can be moved. That was just that. If we'd launched maybe a, I don't know, a nuclear missile at it, maybe we would have blown the whole fucking thing up. Maybe. Have they announced the next step? I mean, we know that potentially we could put nukes on a probe. Potentially we could put out a probe that's twice the size. I mean, you mentioned, okay, it's the size of a car. Could we put out one that's the size of a bus? I mean, where what's phase two, basically, of this plan? Have they even announced that? No. They wanted to know if they could do this and if it would actually change the trajectory. I thought the goal was just to see if we could hit it. Not only did we hit it right on target, it actually moved it a little bit. That's encouraging. Now, if we ever get one of those massive asteroids, like the ones that wiped out the dinosaurs and set us on the path to where we are today, if one of those is coming and it's going to be a bullseye smash right into the Atlantic Ocean between Spain and Florida, okay, that's a big problem. Millions of people will die if that happens. It could be the end of life on Earth. Well, we can't just let that happen, so we blow it up. Now we know we can, and that's amazing. Uh, I want to see the blowing up. Like This is what I mean. Is It took months. When did they launch this bad boy? End of Was it the beginning of this year or the end of last year? It was like, the end of last year, <laughs> last November. So let's go. Launch the next one because it's going to take so long to figure it out. Who's to say that an asteroid couldn't hit that's that big in the meantime while we're just diddling away waiting on result, more results from this? We know we can hit it. Hit it bigger. Find a bigger one. Hit that with a with a bigger probe or throw some nukes on it. Like, as long as we're not going to hurt ourselves, I think we should just go for it. Let's go. Bring Ben Affleck up there this time. It's his turn. <laughs> you just can't help but think the Armageddon's and, and Deep Impacts. No. But, I mean, hey, that those movies were onto something. If we can just go drill down into the middle of the asteroid and drop a nuke down there, it should blow it up. Mm -hmm. Now we know we might not even need to drill and put a nuke in the center of it. We could just blow it up somewhere near it and send it off course, depending sure. on how big it is and how many nukes we use. And I, it's kind of a neat idea to blow shit up in space. I, mean, I don't know whose job that would be, but if your job is to acquire targets and blow them up, that's pretty cool. We were talking a lot about the aliens. Do you well, think... They probably know how to Do blow you them up. think... Do you think, though, there's more to it than just like, oh, in case an asteroid hits, do you think they're also thinking in case we need to protect ourselves from the aliens? Well, that's an interesting question. It's going to take forever. Like, don't get me wrong. What, what they're doing and practicing on right now takes months. It's not like it, an, an immediate fix at all. You need to know that something is far out. But it doesn't hurt to know that you can do this if we know there's a threat and we know exactly where it is. Okay, so think about this for just a second. When Donald Trump was running for president, he didn't mention the Space Force once. <laughs> then he gets elected. He becomes inaugurated president. And then he starts getting access to the deepest, darkest secrets of the world. Mm -hmm. Presumably, that's when they told him, hey, just so you know, aliens are among us. Like, we've denied it for 50 years, but they're here. They fly in and out of Earth all the time. We don't really know if they're hostile or not, and we don't really know how to stop them. Boom, out of nowhere, space overnight, force. he created the Space yeah. Force. Now we're sending shit up to space to figure out if we can change the trajectory of asteroids. Or are we seeing if we can hit something from Earth in space? Because if that was the goal, we hit it.
pretty well. But that can't be it. That's too boring. You can't just make that the end. That's not the finale. No. This has got to be the beginning, not the finale. How much do you think Elon Musk is connected? How much do you think? Do you think he knows as much as the people at NASA know? I think he knows. I think uh, there's no problem with him knowing because he has all of the tools at his disposal. And if shit hits the fan one day, you're going to need an Elon Musk because you'll need access to his equipment too and all and any resource that he can give you. So I have no doubt in my mind that he knows a lot of stuff. That's what NDAs are for. <laughs> Why would he say anything, right? What would be the point? To scare anybody? I think that he probably does know that, hey, he's on standby. And he probably knows more information than than the gen, gen pop does. And and he's just a regular dude. Yeah, he's a smart dude with a yeah, many a billions of dollars. But he earned that. And and now we get all these elected officials making decisions. But Elon's right there in the conversation. Not elected. All he did was have an idea and brought it to fruition. Good for him. Yeah. Now he's one of the most knowledgeable people in the it's world. It's the only competition. I don't even want to say competition because I love that they work together too. But it's the only competition NASA has. Who would have thought? Who would have looked at that and been like, I want to compete with NASA? Huh. Like nobody. Nobody. Except I can do for it Elon better Musk. Than NASA. Like that's the thing, right? And it like you gotta give the guy props for doing that. Looking at that and being like, Yeah, I want to do the electric car thing. That's cool. That's great. But I'd also like to look at NASA and do that, but differently. And I get to do it on my terms. Yes or no? Do you think we have weapons on the International Space Station? Oh man, I'm gonna guess yes. Like I, think I don't we think do they're too. gonna be dead. I don't know if they're gonna be like deadly or not. Like in terms of like, could they blow things up? But yeah, I would assume. I would guess so. You think it's armed? So like, if a spaceman or woman showed up, yes. and walked in the front door of the space station, you think somebody on the space station could shoot it? Probably. Really? Yeah, I think so. What if a spaceship? got too close to the space station. Do you think we've got a laser on there somewhere that can fire? What if that Canadarm isn't actually for picking stuff up? What if it's actually for shooting? For slapping somebody? Go figure. The country hardest on gun control legislation is also the one that invented the space gun. Does Tom Cruise have to sign an NDA before he goes up there to start filming the movie that he's going to be filming? At the International Space Station, yes, I'm guessing to that, too. Yeah, because he's going to see some shit that regular people on Earth don't see. He's going to see some shit for sure. 100%, Kat. And he is going to go to space and make this movie. He's into Scientology, so nothing will phase him. He'll be just fine. Okay, I want to do a couple of more personal things, but I do have a couple other stories that I want to get to, including Meta and TikTok are both in the news today, and, and that's coming up. First off, I promised you I'd tell you about my daughter. Yes, Okay so. okay, so she's feeling good, which is good, right? Because last we heard from you, Thanksgiving did not go as planned because she was sick, uh, potential food poisoning or whatever it was. She felt better. She ended up at your place. Yeah. So the whole point was yesterday they were going to go to Niagara Falls. This, uh, this West Coast boy has never been to Ontario. Okay. Never seen Niagara Falls. He's never uh... been downtown Toronto. And, and I urged them both, please. Go see everything you can. Yeah. There are so many crime scenes in Toronto right now for you guys to tour and take pictures of <laughs> that it, you're just wasting time if you stay here any longer. You've got to go out and explore. They got there at a weird time because they had been down in the falls all day. So they got there at like 7.30. Okay. I go to bed at 9. They hadn't eaten. So I had to eat with them. And that's late for me. And I'm looking at my watch this whole time thinking, I really want to meet this guy and I want to spend some time with my daughter because I haven't seen her since Christmas. But I also don't want to be a zombie tomorrow at 3 a.m. when my alarm goes off. So I had to try and thread the needle a little bit here and figure out the best way to do it. So I just went all in. Hi, tell me about yourself. 
and I just sat there and listened while he told me all about himself. Oh, good. And, and I'm going to tell you. As, did you do like a hearty handshake or what did that look like? Well, she came in the door first. I met them on the porch. She came in first. And, and then it was time for him to come in. And like a good little soldier, he was carrying their bags. Points for that. Good for him. Mm-hmm. And and when he set those down, then yeah, I shook his hand and I introduced myself. I said, I'm Scott. I'm Madison's dad. And it's really nice to meet you. Come on in. Why don't you guys go upstairs? Drop off your stuff. Come on down and we'll have a bite to eat. And we'll sit and get to know each other. So we sat there over over dinner, a late dinner, and, and got to know each other. And Kat, I was worked up for nothing. He is a perfectly nice guy. I knew it. Very nice guy. Very handsome man. And and he seems to be very nice to my daughter. And when I think about it, I really couldn't ask for any more than that. He's nice to my daughter. And as long as you're nice to my daughter, that's job one. Anything else we can fix. Kindness, that's learned. and, And you either have it or you don't. But he is. He's kind and nice. And he was very respectful. And I really like that. So sure. I think I'm going to get along great with this guy. Good. Were you actually expecting the worst? Like, were you expecting him to just be like a piece of shit? Well, like, just coming in and be like, hey, where's the food? <laughs> I wasn't expecting him to be a piece of shit, but you have to be open to that possibility. Sometimes we make bad choices in our relationships. I've dated some people that when I look back and think... I can't believe I introduced that girl to my mom. Right, right, right. That sort of shit. So, I mean, who's to say good people make bad decisions occasionally? Sure they do. And I was, even though I trust her judgment, what's good for her isn't necessarily good for me. So I just wanted to see how I'm going to fit into this equation. And I think I'm going to fit in okay. But I was nice. and, And when I went to bed, I set them up in the basement and I'm like, there's a bar there that's fully stocked. There's a full keg of Stella in the keg in the draft tap, and and there's food in the fridge. And you guys help yourself, but God damn it, keep it down because I gotta get yeah, up at three. Just be quiet because I gotta go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm hoping they had a good night. They're yeah. at my place now, presumably still sleeping because she was gonna text me when she woke up. But uh, there were some people that were, I think, intentionally trying to egg me on. Sure. Yeah, slide into the DMs trying to stir it up. You know who you people are. Yeah. And I want you to know that I did not take the bait. I think I handled it the best I could. Maybe I should get her on the pod to figure out how I did it. Maybe I should get like a dad report card. How did dad handle meeting You want to be reviewed? Oh, I hate being reviewed. No, 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 no. You didn't, you know what? You didn't get enough time to really like talk though. So I don't think that you should be reviewed on it. And I don't even think necessarily he should be because yeah, you didn't get enough time. When you get to hang out today. Now, are you doing the touristy thing with them? You you mentioned like he hadn't been to all those places. Are you going to go ahead and go to the falls and do all that shit? No, uh, they're going to go and do all that stuff on their own, which is very nice. Uh, Now, again, the timing is horrible. It would have worked out so much better if she'd just come over on Monday. However, uh, now I'm into my week and this is a busy time for me. I have like 14 different events that I've got Mm -hmm. to host this month. And tonight I've got another event to host for uh, the mayor of Brampton, Patrick Brown. So I will not see them tonight until about 8, 830. I'm going to get like a half hour conversation and then they're gone again until Friday. And that's when I can settle in and finally ask some personal questions. Get really deep and uncomfortable. I love it. That's great. Well, I mean, 
you can learn a lot by talking to someone, I believe. And as nice as he seems, I'd like to know a little bit of history here. Tell me about your your siblings. Tell me about your parents. Tell me about where you grew up. I think all of those things contribute to who a person is. Sure. And, and somebody who is that committed to the BC lifestyle to the point where in 25 years they've never once been to Ontario, I'd like to know more about that. Why do you stay away from the best city in the country? Mm, and, have nah, you seen VC? I, I don't blame <laughs> I have, him. I don't blame the him either. The views are good. Then you land here and you see garbage. It's nothing. And it, yeah. It's just not it's, good. Uh, this time of year, it's lovely, though. I mean, the, the, the changing colors and everything else, gorgeous, beautiful. But aside from that, like, he, I don't know if he lives by mountains and they, they've got an ocean. Like, I don't know if you guys realize that. <laughs> I yeah. don't know if you remember what an ocean looks like, but that's lovely, too. He's got a cottage at one of the big ski resorts there. Yeah, see? mean so like i get it how much money do your parents have that's another question i might want to know like are you guys very wealthy you should write these you should write all of them down (laughs) and then just read them out read them out loud maybe i should just make how much money do your parents have (laughs) if you were to guess i should make it very very uh subtle almost like a checklist and almost like routine like okay good good uh so uh brother sister great great your parents good 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 uh, i just need to see uh bank stub and uh, yeah, pay stub pay stub <laughs> uh bank statement and I'm just going to run a quick credit check and then i think you're good to go you here you should ask some fun personality questions too right like i mean we do like know the show on our on our morning show where you kind of get to know someone when you find out what they choose it's basically a would you rather who hasn't played would you rather before right so we do that on the radio for fun between the two of us you should ask him some would you rather questions. It's really going to figure out his personality. Right. Play would you rather with them. What could possibly go wrong? You know, I'll give the guy credit though. <laughs> As I was preparing to meet him, he was preparing to meet me. Yeah. And one of the things he did to prepare to meet me was go back and listen to a lot of podcasts. Oh, oh no. Yeah. Oh no. I didn't even think he knew about that. Oh no. Mm-hmm. But hey, I that's don't blame good. him though, because you're curious about someone and you find out there's an audio record of them. You listen. Sure. You'd be amazed at how many people do that. I mean, that happens to me. Like, oh, yeah, I heard you're like, uh, I'd be a new customer or a new patient somewhere. And the next time I come in, they're like, yeah, I listen to 147 podcast episodes. I'm like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> My kids' teachers and, and, and doctors or anybody, is anybody it, you run into. Is it weird that your kids' teachers, they deal with you on such a, an intimate mom level as the teacher of your kids, but they also know that you're you're kind of a radio badass and you're the fucking voice of TikTok and shit like that. Isn't it kind of weird for them to be like, oh, okay, Mrs. Callahan, blah, blah, blah. And then they listen to you on the way home and they hear you drop an F-bomb and say happy motherfucking Friday. Yeah. Like it's, yeah. that must be strange for them and you. I don't know if it's strange for them. I never asked, but when we did the parent-teacher night, actually, they I think that they more so like to have some fun with me on it. Like they'll be like, oh, your daughter told me a fun story about you on the weekend. I'm like, what does she say? And then they just won't tell me. They're like, I don't know. And I'm just like, stop. what are you doing? Stop it. Stop. They're like, well, I don't know. We listen. We know. We know. Earlier in this episode, we were talking about private contractors. Because mm-hmm. I happen to think that just because you're working for the gig economy doesn't make you an employee. And I'll, I'll stand by that. However, could this be a viable side hustle. And I think I know the answer, but I need your perspective on this. Okay. A teacher who was once, and sorry, not that long ago, impregnated by a former student wants to auction off her body for surrogacy in what she calls an effort to improve the beauty of the global population. She says, men are constantly asking me to have their babies. 
This now former high school teacher made headlines in July after revealing that she was pregnant, knocked up by a student during a drunken one-night stand. Now, eight months along in her pregnancy, Amy here plans to give birth many, many more times. She says, I want to become a surrogate and mass produce pretty babies with strangers. Hmm. It doesn't matter if the man is ugly. The baby will be beautiful if I'm the mother. I think the world would be a better place if people were better looking and had genes like I've been blessed with. I will definitely pass down my amazing eyes, hair, strong facial features, high metabolism, and intelligence in order to bestow the world's population with more beautiful genes. So here's a woman who wants to market herself as some sort of a a sperm dumpster where you can go in and make a deposit, and if she happens to get pregnant, she'll carry the baby, and she's basically promising that you're going to have a good-looking kid because she's so good-looking and she has the genetic material that even, and I'll use her words, ugly guys want. So this is not an area for like couples to go to, right? Where she's got the egg, he's got the sperm, we just need a viable surrogate. This is like she wants to have sex with the with a male in order to make a baby. And that's the only option? But I think or- what you were thinking is is half right. You can go to her as a couple. Like if you and I were a couple, we could go to this woman and say, we can't conceive, we need a surrogate. And she'll say, okay, knock me up and I'll bless you with a beautiful baby. Right, right. But you have to use her genes is what I'm saying. Yes. Of pre- yeah, we're not talking about someone who, no, she's not going to carry your baby if the female genes are involved. It has to be her genes. Right. So she doesn't want so you to... sperm donation or fucking only. That's right. She doesn't want an egg implanted in yeah. her. She wants to be... Clearly. Reseeded. Right. And and I think she's a little horny too, by the sounds of it. Again, she's eight months pregnant with a former student's baby. And but is this her first baby? It'll be her first child. I, so she's really enjoying pregnancy, obviously, because I don't think anybody would ever make that declaration if they weren't. She hasn't had the baby yet, so why don't she just... Sl- Slow the fuck down a little bit. <laughs> and if she expe- <laughs> and it is her child. First of all, we haven't seen the baby. How do we know the baby's not going to be ugly? You can't sit there and tell me. Do you know how many good-looking people come from ugly people? Mm-hmm. And how many ugly people come from good-looking people? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we can't know for sure. Mm-hmm. And how do we know about your genetics? Please. Please tell me more about that. She How says do you know? You only need to look at her to realize she's got great yeah, genetics like, and, and she could be. Hey, so it, that story again, if anyone wants to have sex with a crazy person, this person is more than willing to do it. You'd be surprised how many guys are willing to have sex with a crazy person. Oh, I know. I know. <laughs> with the sole intention of getting knocked up, by the way. The student, by the way. Are we, we're obviously not talking about a minor here. We're talking about an over 18. Yeah, that's a little loose, that story. I, I, I'm sure it is. I know, <laughs> I know that they were drunk. It was a one-night stand, and he is a former student. Okay. And, but she's also a former teacher. So did she lose her job because she fucked one of the kids or what happened here? Well, I, mean, if she, I don't know. If she did, she'd be in jail. So I'm assuming that this is at least a student over 18 because you can still lose your job, but it doesn't mean criminal charges will be laid unless they can claim something about you. So I assume she's been cleared of all of that in terms of uh, legally. Just the school doesn't like her very much, understandably. And she's looking for ways to, to make money. And I'm assuming this will be a moneymaker for her. Oh, this is a paid gig. Can you just do that, though? Like, can you just say, you know what? I'm good looking and and I don't I I like having that pregnancy feeling. So if you want to knock me up and give me money, I'll have your baby and then you can have it when uh, well, when it's born. I mean legally no, you can't do that in, especially in Canada. You pay surrogates in you can pay surrogates in the states in Canada. You cannot pay surrogates. Really? Yeah. Why? 
Why can't you pay a surrogate? It's, you, you, just, you just can't. It's just been the law. You have to pay all the fees that surround pregnancy. So she goes to her maternity yoga class. You're paying for that. Her prenatals, you're paying for that. Her uh, any, any type of visit that's going to cost money, you're paying for that. Maternity clothes, you're paying for that. And all the expenses that go along with it. But in Canada, you cannot pay someone to have your baby. Do people do it underground? Oh, I'm sure they do. I have to uh, think that's uh, going abs- on. Absolutely. Yeah. You can do anything low key, I suppose, as long as both of you don't say anything. But the government does write start, it off. The government does start <laughs> potentially could start to ask questions, though, and that's where you're fucked if they do start to wonder and ask questions because you have to be um, admitted to the hospital. And once that happens, you have people checking up on you, and it can be figured out quite easily that that wasn't the baby that you actually wanted. That was not supposed to be your baby. Interesting. So everybody has to shut their mouth if you're going to do this kind of an arrangement, if and you're you, going to pay off somebody to do it. Sure. And again, it ha- that would have to be, you'd have to probably have sex with someone because there's no doctors that are going to be implanting a baby in someone who's not a surrogate, not getting paid because there's a track record of it. Wait, are there women that don't produce eggs that would actually need the guy to find another girl well, to conceive? Of course, there's non-viable. There's people who don't have viable eggs. Yes, okay. of course. Just so, as though there's people who don't have viable sperm. Right, exactly. But that's what I'm wondering is if a couple can't conceive naturally and they go through the in vitro fertilization process where they take her egg and his sperm and they basically create a, a baby and implant it in another woman to carry. Yeah. That's what typical surrogacy means to me. But I didn't realize... Or I wanted to clarify. Or you could try to get pregnant with it, by the way, because you, if you could find a viable egg and that viable sperm, you could actually get try to impregnate yourself with it because it's harder for it to just be like, okay, let's shoot our shot here, honey. And oh, fuck, it didn't work. You could actually implant that up in you. It's yours. Right. But you did it via IVF. Okay. But in this case, I assume this would be for women who cannot have a baby, whether they don't have eggs or they can't conceive or whatever it is. So in that case, it would... In a weird kind of a way, if they really want a baby, it would be okay or, for hubby to fuck this, or, this or former a, teacher. Or a gay couple. Or a gay couple. It's that another wants to example. have a baby because that is expensive. The surrogacy process is expensive regardless of whether you're allowed to pay someone or not. I know that that's an expensive process regardless. And like you said, there's people doing it under the table all the time anyway. Hmm. TikTok is in the news. They plan to operate warehouses like the ones that Amazon and Walmart currently have. TikTok has posted several job listings on LinkedIn looking for workers to help it develop and grow their fulfillment by TikTok shop to accommodate sellers that use their app to sell their products. Okay. They say TikTok plans to provide warehousing, delivery, and item return options for those sellers. But so far, the company will not comment on it. However, reports say that... It's a $37 billion market that mm-hmm. TikTok wants to be in, a market that is currently owned by Meta, which owns Facebook and Instagram. TikTok wants their share of that market. Yeah. And I don't blame them for wanting that market. It's just, how many people are shopping on TikTok? Oh my gosh. Is Scott. it a lot? It's a, yeah. And you're, I mean, you're talking about Gen Z mainly, I think, are the, are the go-to. And, and then probably millennials and probably many Gen X doing it as well but i mean you've heard the phrase probably like tiktok made me do it right and try different things and of course you're gonna have my my question is with this is it just going to be the major players like for example is it going to be hey hudson's bay company has a tiktok account you can buy this like okay there's that but can mom and pop shops do it because i think that this is a great opportunity if they're able to give the supply to the like the warehouse for example that's a little bit different perhaps but currently on instagram for example you can shop on instagram 
right? Yeah. You could shop on Facebook too, I think. I don't know. I've never purchased through Facebook or Instagram, but from what I can tell, as long as you do it right, there's opportunity for for growth as a business to sell your product on on TikTok and Instagram and Facebook. I say, okay, fine. But yes, there's a shit ton of people who are selling things or becoming endorse, endorsers of those products, right? So perhaps you're not selling direct on TikTok already, but you do have a bunch of endorsement deals that are happening ongoing at any time. And all you need is a lot of followers to look. And then you're like, oh, look at many of jacket I got and blah, blah. Well, now you have, you'll have the opportunity to purchase it. And then, oh, thankfully there's a warehouse nearby. I'm going to get this in two to five days instead of, oh, let's go through this company's website because this endorser told me that the influencer says that this is great. And then I purchased it through their website and then it takes a month to get to me, etc. It kind of streamlines the process and obviously TikTok would make a lot of money off of it. Meta has now unveiled the high-end virtual reality headset with high-resolution sensors that lets you enter the metaverse. Mark Wahlberg wants to be all up on your face. The metaverse I'd never even heard of until Facebook had so many controversies, most of them political, and decided they were going to change their name. And I thought they were changing their name just to do a rebrand. But then Mark Zuckerberg explained, well, we want to lead the charge Mm -hmm. into the metaverse. And I'd heard his ideas for the metaverse. And now I've even seen a few commercials. Like this, this little girl that's piloting a rocket ship that's parked on the edge of Mars. You would feel like you're in that rocket ship looking at Mars Mm -hmm. without leaving your living room. Because the metaverse... You get immersed in it using these special goggles. Well, and I mean, and to be fair, there's VR now. I'm, I'm anyone who's done VR. I did VR at home once because my buddy has it, and he brought it over. And it's so that VR is cool, but this brings in other players into it. You're in the. We could be doing that together in space. Right. So the metaverse. Let me see if I can explain this right. It's not reality, but it is reality. So I'm sitting here at my desk in the After 9 podcast studio. If I had these goggles on and I set the metaverse to be, I don't know, uh, the Oval Office at the White House, and let's say Joe Biden himself agreed to throw on his goggles and meet me in the metaverse, I could have a meeting with Joe Biden in the White House with me being here and him being anywhere else in the well, world. This will be a game changer for, I mean, we with the pandemic, right? Everybody was meeting on Zoom and shit like that. Some people are still doing it. Okay, fine. This would be basically next level. And I could see a lot of uses for the metaverse in personal and business level. What it is, is you create the scenario. It doesn't have to be, you know, a reality. It could be back in the, you know, caveman days or something like that. It's whatever the, whatever is set up already. And there's going to be so many worlds, guys. There's going to be many different worlds and stuff like that. You can agree. Um, your daughter's a good example. Let's use your daughter. She, she goes back home and then, oh, you miss her. It's Christmas time. She can't fly back home, but that's okay. Let's have dinner together. You prepare dinner. I prepare dinner. Let's throw on these goggles. And it's as if you're sitting across the table from them, talking to them. Meetings, similar, right? We could all meet where I'm in a different part of the globe or the country or the province or whatever it is. We put on our glasses and we're sitting across from each other as our avatars, by the way. So you're seeing the other people that are in that group as if they're in that room in their own avatar. And that's, I mean, that's an interesting part altogether because you don't have to be you. You'll set an avatar for yourself, but you could change your hair color or you could be an alligator or you could be a fucking octopus or Listen, whatever. It's a horrible idea. People can't have that much control over the metaverse because they're going to screw it up and it's going to get stupid. It's just going to be distracting, I think. It is. Those those scenarios with the avatars. Unless you're having like a games night. Like if you're drinking with your friends, because don't forget, this is for social too, not just for business. Right. Your business will set the rules. 
Just like some Zoom meetings, for example, I find it really distracting when people are changing their Zoom background and their faces get fuzzy. And I'm just like, what are you doing? I can't, I, you're distracting me right now. Similar would be for avatars. I feel like if I ran a business and I was like, cool guys, we're going to meet in the metaverse. Be your own avatar. Be yourself. Like your personal avatar. Don't come in here being like a fucking dinosaur. Jeffrey Dahmer, (laughs) the avatar that you made or some stupid shit. Don't be dumb. But that's the shit that you do in your personal life. Like, hey, we're going to uh, we're going to get together for drinks tonight at this tavern that we created in the metaverse. We created this tavern called Scott's Tavern. And, you, you know, everybody shows up to it and you sit around a table and that's when you show up as a fucking clown or whatever you want to be. It's neat. It's neat. I don't know how many people will be, uh, appe- they will appeal to right away, but uh, I don't know. I find it. I find it fascinating. You could take a trip without actually leaving your your living room. You could feel like you've gone on a trip. It, it's of, pretty neat in that sense. Kind of. Well, these new virtual reality glasses that Meta released yesterday. And these ones I have to think are going to be the gold standard because it's the metaverse. And these are the glasses from Meta completely set up for the experience. They're called the Quest Pro headset. It features eye tracking and natural facial expressions that mimic the wearer's facial movements. So your avatar appears perfectly natural when it's interacting with other avatars in the virtual reality environment. It's cool. I mean, it's cool. We'll see if it ca- we'll see how it catches on. Have you done VR with Google Street View, by the way? No. Okay, it's so cool. What I mean, do you mean? just what that along do? with VR. So you know Google Street View when yeah. you go ahead and you enter on it. Look, you're you're using your mouse usually or whatever, and you're clicking around and you're looking at the houses and stuff. You can do that in VR. I was walking down the Las Vegas Strip the last time my friend came over with the VR. It's very cool. You can go to your street, your own street. So all those things I have no doubt in my mind. I don't know if Google, for example, would team up with them, but I have no doubt in my mind that they're already, Meta is already working on a similar, where, just like you mentioned, because when you mention it, that's when I realized. I'm like, there is that in place already. So either he could purchase that, or if Google's like, fuck you, because we have our own, right? They have their own kind of thing. He could probably already have cars going up and down streets, the major ones. I'm talking about in front of the Oval Office. I'm talking about the Las Vegas Strip. I'm talking about the whatever it might be that's popular tourist attraction, Niagara Falls, and have those already in place so you feel like you're walking down. I did it with the Strip, and it's so fucking cool. It's really cool. It feels like you're walking in it, but you could do that with the metaverse too. But were you in the metaverse? Was there other people metaverse? Met- I mean, or? this is not metaverse. That was not metaverse. That was just VR. Oh. So no, it wasn't hooked up in terms of, hey, I'm watching this. Oh, this person here is playing almost like you're playing a fucking Call of Duty and there's a person on the other end of it. It wasn't like that. You're walking up and down using that Google Street View. But imagine taking that to the next level where you are walking along the strip and there's some person from Texas and Oklahoma over here and you can go up and have a conversation with them and say, hey, where are you from? Like you would when you're on those trips. So it would be kind of interesting. They're $1,500 US. <laughs> yeah. They're more than an iPhone sure. to get these virtual reality glasses mm. from Meta. And what I don't, what I think is missing from this is, does that include everything that's going to come along with it in terms of the software and the ability to see all these things I'm talking about? I think like, this is out of the box solution. I think this is, this is all in one, right? Yep. You're thinking it's all in one, yep. but I guarantee you, you're going to need a subscription. There's going to be ongoing pricing. They're not just going to say, thanks, God, I'll take your $1,500, here's your glasses, and forever you're in the metaverse. That's not happening. There's going to be in, in metaverse purchases, without a doubt in my mind, that's going to keep you coming back and keep you spending. 
Who owns the metaverse? Does Mark Zuckerberg own it? You know, the metaverse is something he came up with, is it not? Or did was the metaverse something that someone else came up with and he jumped on? I don't I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. I think if I'm not mistaken though, he wanted to build this as his own world, as meta, as it, meta did. Is there going to be multiple metaverses or is there only one metaverse? The reason I ask is that could there be a Facebook metaverse where you can oh, only on Facebook metaverse can you go to the top of the Eiffel Tower. But if you join Google's metaverse, oh, well, then you have access to huh. new game releases yes. and you can go over Niagara Falls in a barrel. Well, that's what I mean when I'm saying like the Google Street View because all that shit's already in place for them. They own that. So Mark would be almost smart to team up with them, but they might say, fuck you, right? We can make our own money. So in that case, yeah, there's going to end up being competition. Uh. But that's why I think, honestly, a lot of shit's been going on low key with Meta. I would have, I would not be shocked to learn that they've already had Meta cars up and down all over the place with cameras and stuff like that. And you assume that with Google, but they weren't, there was nothing on them and they've already captured a lot of shit to put into the metaverse. No doubt in my mind, because I don't know if they'll ever get along so I think that there may end up being competition there. So to me, this is almost like when we all had to start meeting virtually because of COVID, um, you hold your meetings on Zoom. I hold my meetings on Teams. Exactly. I hold mine on Hangouts and exactly. stuff like that. Exactly. So there will be different metaverses. I think, I mean, I could see that, couldn't you? I don't see a collaboration happening because I don't think you own it. Like you said, who owns the metaverse? That's a good question. I don't believe Mark owns any metaverse. I think that that's a broader terminology like a... Um, social distancing software is. It's no, nobody owns it. You just own your own company that supports that. I think that's the case here. Man, I love this <laughs> shit. It kind of worries me a little bit to make sure we don't screw it up. And I, I still stand sure. by people shouldn't be able to create their own avatar. I think it should take a picture of you and it generates a digital version of you. And that would be cool. But when you let people start controlling around with it. how they look, that's a recipe for disaster. We all saw the... <laughs> We all said that stupid Bitmoji fiasco a few yes. years ago. Uh, people are, their, their Bitmoji didn't actually look anything like them. Maybe that's what they think they look like, but you don't look like that. Right. And and it's the same thing that's going to happen with the the avatar. How much can, can you ever change your avatar? Like if somebody gets gender reassignment surgery, can they change their avatar to a different well, uh, Appearance? From what I can tell based on, and, and I, I do urge you, if this interests you and you're like, holy shit, I haven't heard a lot about it. There's a video that Mark Zuckerberg first put out after they had already named themselves Meta right around that time. And Mark actually takes you through his vision for the metaverse and it shows you everything. It's attached to a profile. So you could come in as an alligator in my metaverse and I'm like, who are you? But I can, I have the opportunity to look and it's, that's Scott Fox. You can't change that. That's you. But you're as an alligator today. Tomorrow you might come as a, what, a fucking pirate or something like, I don't know. But your profile is attached to it. So it's not like you can try to like s s scare someone into thinking you're someone else. That's from what I can tell. The reason that I'm asking that specifically is because I have to assume that the metaverse is the next great frontier in porn. Oh, okay. So let's go back to what we talked about this morning. Have you seen Ready Player One? I have not seen it, but okay. everybody mentions yeah. Ready Player One whenever the metaverse comes up. So Ready Player One is a great movie. Gerard Butler actually stars in it. Um, really good. Highly recommend, but it's very reminiscent of this. And sex comes up in that movie. And there's one particular guy who's one of the, I don't even want to call him star of the movie, but he's in the movie a lot. And he's playing this video game. Gerard Butler plays the character of the video game in this universe. And he's playing the game on his couch. He's just this big, large man that doesn't really leave the house. And he can go into a club and in this virtual world, he's having sex with people. So I think that anything could be a possibility. 
But it depends on how family friendly they want to go or not. But it's also a scary thing because we, we're losing so our social touch so much. Oh, it's brutal, Like as the yeah. years go on now, we're like we're slowly getting worse and worse, I think. So if you enter this into the equation, there's going to be people who are just like, yeah, I'm fine fucking jerking off to an avatar of some pretend woman. Okay, but in the metaverse, though, let's say I'm going to... Uh I'm going out on a date with a girl, and I got a little catfished, and uh, she doesn't really look like I thought she was going to look, especially here in the metaverse. But we've decided that's where our first date's going to be. If we decide, you know what? Let's have a little metaverse sex. Okay, we can do that. Can I like... <laughs> hey, it's safe. Can I make her metaverse... In my metaverse, can I make her look like, say, Kim Kardashian? And can she make me look like no, Brad Pitt? No, I don't think you can change... I mean, I shouldn't say no for sure, but I don't think that's the purpose, is to change other people's avatars. You could say... What Only do you, you can change your avatar. You could say, what do you... What's your... Fa- but then again, we're getting into like some fucked up shit. But oh, but yeah. porn will do that. Yeah. You know that they're probably planning for the next great frontier in promoting porn in that you can actually be in it. Like if yeah. you like uh, Jenna Jameson, great, come on over. And for nine ninety nine a month, you can shag her anytime you want. Yeah. You want to see Pete Davidson's hammer? Here you go. <laughs> yeah. It'll be $59.99. There's a whole room with <laughs> Pete Davidson's dick in it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know. All those possibilities, yes, are possible. However, I don't see meta just if we're talking about meta, but all those competitions that we mentioned that'll come to light, there could be side hubs, like porn hubs, like, like porn hub could jump on it. That you have to pay access, if they were for smart, access to. If like a, if a company like a porn hub, um, if a company like an Adam and Eve, if any, any number of companies that are in that sex industry, only fans, any number of companies that are in that sex industry would probably be smart to hire people um, who can engineer worlds like this and start the process of doing it without going public on it, but start the process of what would this look like and how much would this cost? Because, hey, there'd be some people who'd be like, hey, let me log off of my meta. I just had a chat with my grandma in Arkansas and now I'm going to go fuck this person over here. Right. But you're, I mean, you're having sex with yourself. Don't get it twisted. You're still, it's still porn. Until they invent a machine for that too. <laughs> they probably will. You know, you got to stand right here yeah. and stick your dick in this exactly. hole. Exactly. And, and, and then the rest of it, you just customize it as you want. And then other people who don't have money are like, well, stick to my blow up. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just blow her up again tonight. I'll just grab a wet face cloth. <laughs> <laughs> Buy a pie again. <laughs> Drill another hole in the pumpkin. (laughs) Bought six cucumbers at the grocery store. (laughs) (laughs) And on that, we'll say have a great hump day, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow with another episode of After Nine. Tom Cruise is set to film a movie in space, becoming the first civilian to walk outside the International Space Station. Even crazier, the movie's Jerry Maguire, too. Jaywalking will no longer be a ticketable offense in the state of California. This is a new bill called the Freedom to Walk Act. You know, just this morning, I was driving to work, I thought, Hollywood is so perfect, it's so clean, so tranquil. (laughs) There's only one thing I could improve about it. I wish there were more people wandering out in front of my car while I'm driving. AstraZeneca's new COVID vaccine nasal spray just suffered a major setback in its first human trial. I'm just worried this could ruin their reputation as the fourth best vaccine option. <laughs> the After 9 podcast is powered by Tony Johal. Broker at Remax Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed or he'll buy it.
Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.